This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business. Welcome to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us as Deb talks with her guests, experts in their fields, as they share real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about giving professionals the tools that they need to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And today, we're going to have so much fun because we're going to be talking about starting your own business, you know, and we've done that before several times, maybe even many times, but each person that I talk to has unique experiences and unique ways to start a business and walk us through this process. And I tell you what, you know, I started my business over 20 years ago. Every single time I talk to somebody who tells us how to start a business, I'm like, Doi, should have done that. And luckily, sometimes you can still go back and do those things. But please join me in welcoming Danielle Roberts to our program today. Welcome, Danielle. Thank you so much. My pleasure. I'm so excited to be here with you, Deb. We're going to have so much fun. And so let me tell people just a little bit about you to start with. So Danielle Roberts is a Forbes Finance Council member and co-founder of Boomer Benefits, a licensed insurance agency that helps baby boomers navigate Medicare in 47 states. She and her brother have grown their agency from a tiny two-person company to an award-winning national top producer with a nearly eight-figure annual review and over 170,000 social media followers. Danielle is a past president of the Fort Worth chapter of the National Association of Health Underwriters and served two years on the state board as their magazine editor. These days, she enjoys writing articles about Medicare, retirement, and personal finance for Forbes.com and many other publications. So again, Danielle, welcome. I'm so glad. Thank you. Well, we're going to talk about Boomer, you know, about about Boomer benefits because, you know, we'll get there at some point. But we really want to talk to you about starting a business. And I'll be honest, I look at you and I think, oh my gosh, you're just a youngster. (laughs) (laughs) I always go to somebody's LinkedIn profile, right, to try and figure out what their age is. But, you know, and, and so I find it fascinating that the, the industry that you have gone into. And so we'll, we'll talk about that. Um, but, you know, why is it that you decided that having this business was your passion? How did you get into this? So I worked for years in the staffing industry, okay. a great business here in Dallas-Fort Worth area, learned a lot from the mm-hmm. entrepreneur that owned that business. But probably about 10 years into it, I was a little burnout. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're doing staffing, your product is human, and right. humans are hey, very unreliable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so there was all sorts of stress with mm-hmm. booking people into jobs, and they would no show, and then your clients mm-hmm. upset. And you know, I've always, I was always an entrepreneurial kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, my brother and I had all sorts of schemes when we were younger to earn money legitimately from neighborhood. Mm-hmm car washing and lawn mowing and all sorts of things. So I always had kind of in the back of my mind to own a business and I wanted to do some sort of sales, but I didn't really know what. And I ended up looking for probably well over a year. And then a girlfriend of mine had an interview for an insurance position in health Mm -hmm. insurance. Mm -hmm. And it was sort of a group interview. So she invited me along and I went to that meeting and Mm -hmm. right away thought, this is the thing I'm looking for because I'm going to sell something that is Mm -hmm. a 
non-perishable product. Mm -hmm. There's no inventory. Um, it's something that you can start part-time. Everybody always want. needs it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so um, I got into it originally doing group health insurance mm -hmm. and started the old bootstrap way where I would go around to local business parks and mm -hmm. come in the front door and hand out my business card and say, when your group health insurance comes around, we'd love to be able to quote this for you. Mm -hmm. So um, that's how I originally got involved in the insurance, but the Medicare angle kind of came about by accident. And what was happening when I was helping people with their group health insurance is a lot of times these small companies, you know, five to 10 people, mm -hmm. small business owners in their 40s, we would get done helping them with their health insurance. And at some point they would say, hey, you know, I'm helping my mom. She's turning right. 65. And mm -hmm. this Medicare is a lot more confusing than this product mm -hmm. that I'm on. And can you, can you, do you know anything mm -hmm. about this? Can you help us? And we didn't know anything about Medicare at that point. Right. So I thought, well, you know, after the fifth or sixth person had asked mm -hmm. us about it, I thought we better go look into this. And what we found is that Medicare is the great big beast. It's a huge national mm -hmm. health insurance program that all your life after you've had employers picking out your health insurance for you, you're just dumped into mm -hmm. and suddenly you have to figure all this out yourself. And it's got four parts and 10 supplements and dozens of drug plans in every state and extremely um, confusing and overwhelming for a lot of people who've never had to make these kind of plan selections before. Well, and for so people who are, shall we say, mature. <laughs> yes, exactly. And you would think that it wouldn't be so hard to pick out something like, like health insurance, mm -hmm. but all the terminology is things that they've right. never had to deal with before. So mm -hmm. um, we educated ourselves and learned how to do that. And over time, it just became the primary player in our business because mm -hmm. there's 10,000 people a day aging into Medicare and the demand for information yeah. and help with picking mm -hmm. supplement products is great. Mm -hmm. And so that's how we ended up uh, where we are now servicing Medicare supplement products in 47 states. Right. You know, and we talk a lot about finding your niche and that you need to keep drilling down and drilling down and drilling down. You know, my, my favorite is when you ask, say, a skincare person, Who's your, your target market? And they say everyone because everyone has skin, <laughs> right? And, you know, and it's like, because all of a sudden we can't think of anybody who might need their product or their service. Yeah. But when, when they get it down to, they, you know, they want to work with teenagers who have acne, we're like, oh my gosh, okay, we all know somebody that we can refer them to. And so the same thing goes with insurance. I mean, you can sell insurance yeah. <laughs> and, and it can be this huge thing. Yes. Or you can get it down to something where, as you said, people kept asking you for it. And so then the, the, that light bulb goes on. You're like, well, hey, there might really be something here. Um, but have you niched even further in that? Or is it, you know, do you just, because you, you do represent people in 47 different states. Yeah. But, you know, is, there, is there any specific type of people that you, that you work with more than, than others? Definitely. So we can help anyone on Medicare and we mm -hmm. have clients from age 65 up till 100. We've mm -hmm. got several um, clients in their 90s and, and even 100. Mm -hmm. But mostly we work with people right as they're aging into Medicare. Okay. So we sort of took an approach of education. Okay. And when we were doing this in the beginning, a lot of the old timers in the industry would say, well, seniors don't use the internet. They're not going to buy from right. you over the phone. They're they don't not have them, their computers. Yeah, they've <laughs> never seen a computer in their lives. Mm -hmm. And we just thought that was ludicrous. You know, mm -hmm. I, I was thinking about my own parents who were mm -hmm. baby boomers and they've been working on computers for right. years. Mm -hmm. So we built a website and, and we just kind of attacked mm -hmm. it from an angle of education. So mm -hmm. probably the larger share of our clients are folks that 
they're in 63, 64, mm -hmm. and they're starting to look into that turning 65 Medicare. Mm -hmm. And we provide tons of education really about their basic benefits from the government. Mm -hmm. And we help them understand what they're getting from the U.S. federal government before we even get into any of the the ancillary mm -hmm. supplemental products right. that we sell. Mm -hmm. So sort of that front end of the market is is definitely um, our most drilled down mm -hmm. niche where we do, we target most of our clients in that age group. But the great thing about doing that, of course, is then that once they get used to your service and being able to get the answers that they need from you, mm -hmm. they're going to stay with you hopefully right. for the rest of their lives mm -hmm. with their products. And so that ends up with a nice, a nice age range there of people that do business right. with us. Well, and of course, this is a product, you know, we mentioned everybody needs um, or, or has, gets, whatever, you know, whatever we want to call it. But it is also an ever-changing product. Yes. Um, you know, and, and, and there's no way that somebody can, can stay up on the rules. And so that's where it's handy to be able to go to you and say, okay, you know, I, part B, plan B, <laughs> what the heck, um, you know, and, and, and then you get it figured out and next year you need a D and E and an F or, you know, yes. um, but, you know, and, and I think that's where a lot of business owners think, well, we're going to serve, you know, this client, this customer and, and as a one-time thing. And I love that you're building relationships with people that last for years um, yeah. because of course we all know that the easiest customers and clients to have are those that you already have. <laughs> when you have to keep starting over all the time, mm -hmm. it, that's just, you know, that that's not obviously a productive way to be working. Of course. And you know, that persistency, just like you say, it's so much easier to keep an existing client mm -hmm. than to have to go out and find a new one. Um, so if you just dedicate a little bit of your time and energy mm -hmm. into servicing the clients that you have and providing them with something that's memorable, you'd be surprised you'll find that these people stay with you long term. Right. And that circles back to one of the original reasons why I liked this to start a business mm -hmm. in is when you're selling insurance products, and especially if it's a monthly product where they're mm -hmm. paying a premium once a month, um, every time that client is paying a premium, you're earning a commission. Right. And so the longer you keep that client on the mm -hmm. books, the bigger the lifetime value of that client is mm -hmm. for you. And you can also sell them other related products like right. dental Might vision, life insurance, and, things like that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, it makes sense to um, spend some time like we have in developing a service team mm -hmm. that can help the existing clients with all their questions, needs, mm -hmm. and concerns. Because those are the people that are keeping those clients on the book for you. And then mm -hmm. the carriers who we're contracting with appreciate that persistency mm -hmm. as well. Right. So it sort of helps you in a couple different ways. Right. Well, you know, one of the things that, that strikes me is, you know, as we said, you know, you, you've got these long-term clients, you know, you're, you're with them forever. And, you know, it's, I love that, that method because, you know, we do, we, we get this client, we're gone, we get this client and gone. And some, you know, obviously it depends on what our product or service is, but to be able to, to establish that relationship. But more importantly, this is a demographic that now, I, you know, purely anecdotal here, so I could be wrong on this, <laughs> women who are going to talk to each other. <laughs> you know? yes. And so they're going to say, you know, hey, hey, you know, Betty, you really need to talk to my friend, Danielle. You know, she got us on the right thing. And so for you, word of mouth marketing is incredible. Of course. And, you know, you're right. Insurance products, um, 
large by and large these days are handled by the female in the Mm -hmm. relationship. So I think that's something that's really changed over the last couple Mm -hmm. of decades is these types of financial purchases a lot of times are handled by women and they Mm -hmm. are going to talk to their friends and family about a good experience that Mm -hmm. they've had. So if you can kind of dial into that and Mm -hmm. and make sure that you provide them an experience that's memorable, um, not only does it help them, but it also sort of helps you. Mm -hmm. I think as a business owner, you always want to offer a product that's doing something good in the world. You want to go to sleep at night and feel good about Mm -hmm. what you've done for people that day. And so it kind of can help you um, in both angles. You're going to have easy marketing because Mm -hmm. you have some word of mouth referrals going on there. And then at the same time, you go to sleep at night and you retain really good employees for Mm -hmm. years and years because you're doing something good in the community. And um, this is something that a lot of our Mm Um, also, our millennial workers really care right. about. They care mm-hmm. about accepting jobs mm-hmm. where they feel like they're making a difference. Mm-hmm. So in any type of business, there's going to be some sort of client support. And if you develop that and make it into something where your employees can feel like they, they're doing something good mm-hmm. in the world every day, it helps you um, on your recruiting as well. Right. Well, and, you know, we, we mentioned word of mouth. This is also, you know, the, the opposite is true. If you don't help them, Yes. They're going to tell their friends, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and, and you know, again, it's purely anecdotal, but to me, it seems like this really is the, the word of mouth generation, you know, because they're, they're, uh, they spend more time together, you know, maybe it's, you know, a church group, you know, a knitting group, and, you know, obviously I'm generalizing and stereotyping here, but, you know, they, they do talk to each other more and they have a lot of things that happen to them, you know, in many cases, they become widows, um, you know, and, and so, you know, they're turning to their, their other friends who can help them with these decisions and with these situations. And, and especially if, you know, they were that demographic, um, you know, where the, the male in the household made some of those decisions. You know, I remember when my father-in-law passed away. Now it's been, you know, 10 or so years ago, my mother-in-law had no idea where a lot of things were, you know, all of the utilities were in his name, all of these, because it was a very traditional household. Mm -hmm. And so to get her to, to transition into being, you know, on her own was very difficult. And, you know, you know, obviously she, she did, but it really is one of those things where you might be dealing with people who've never had to deal with this. And so when you have an organization that has employees that you really trust to be able to help these people. That's got to be wonderful. Yeah. I, you know, I really find that, um, that the staff themselves mm-hmm. love the aspect of helping the folks. And mm-hmm. on the other end of the spectrum, you know, you have your little 90 year olds and some of them are widows and, right. and we even have a few that don't have any adult children. Mm-hmm. So for them to have a resource when they get a right. bill in the mail, mm-hmm. that they don't understand mm-hmm. or their doctor miscoded something and Medicare mm-hmm. denied their bill right. or they're standing at the mm-hmm. pharmacy counter on a Friday being told that the insurance companies not going to cover their medication, mm-hmm. that they're not alone in that, that they mm-hmm. have someone that they can reach out to and get those questions answered. And so it's been so important to us to build something that is a resource like that. Mm-hmm. And if you think about a time in your life when you've had something that you've had to dive into that confused you, mm-hmm. just imagine being 65 or 64 and every single day you open your mailbox and it's just stuffed to the brim right. with solicitations, everybody right? knows you hit that magic date, Oh, right? the mail houses, they send out those names and addresses and every insurance company under the sun will send you 13 mailers before mm-hmm. your 65th birthday just trying to get their name in front of right. you. 
And that's confusing and overwhelming. And then you add to that the fact that they're being telemarketed Mm -hmm. and their phone rings off the wall and every other caller is Mm -hmm. trying to target them for their Medicare decisions. And so when someone comes along then and makes that easy and Mm -hmm. puts the terminology into simple, plain language and helps you through it so that you can take 98% of that mail and throw it in the trash and you Mm -hmm. can stop answering your telemarketing calls, they are grateful and they do talk about it and they tell Mm -hmm. their girlfriends and say, hey, you know, this... Remember, we were talking about Medicare and how confusing it is. Well, I found this company and you should give them a call. And so, um, you know, in any industry, that word of mouth um, and having a good reputation for helping your mm-hmm. clients, not just at the time of sale, but later on and ongoing is so important to growing a long-term, sustainable, good business. Right. You know, and, and you have been in business. How long, when did you start your business? So we're coming up on 14 years. Holy cow. Uh, we developed agency in May of 2005, mm-hmm. which is before Medicare even had Part D drug coverage. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was quite a, while, uh, quite a ways back there. And mm-hmm. everything since then has changed because it mm-hmm. used to be that you would drive out to someone's house and sit down across the kitchen table right. and mm-hmm. you would uh, open up a rate book and look them up and quote them that way. And mm-hmm. now everything, of course, is completely different and it's mm-hmm. all digital. And so we've kind of learned as we've gone along with it. Um, but it's uh, revolutionized the industry as well because mm-hmm. we can meet with more people and provide education to right. a greater number of people mm-hmm. in a greater number of places because uh, we can educate them online mm-hmm. now. Right. Well, and they are, you know, in, in most cases, a very tech, tech savvy group. Yes. Um, you know, I was talking to a friend of mine the other day who is just turning 65 and, and she, you know, she was bemoaning the fact that, you know, she was having to figure all of this out. <laughs> she's a website developer, you know, so she's oh. clearly, and, you know, and, and so she's having virtual meetings, you know, like yes. you and I are doing. She doesn't go to anybody's office. There's you know, no way does she have that, you know, she doesn't have that much time. She's busy. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's, you know, for, for business owners, it is one of those things you need to be thinking about. How can you reach your customers? You know, mm-hmm. do they need face to face? And some people do. I mean, you know, some that's do. just you know, and yeah. and 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 so you can't discount that unless you don't want to do face to face. I mean, you mm-hmm. know, there are people. No, I'm no, okay. Then that that helps you to niche down too. Yes, it sure but, does. Yeah, you know, and and but yeah, you you are able to utilize the technology in such a cool way. Mm-hmm. It is, and I think um, you know, as we talked about amongst ourselves. And in the beginning, this was just Mm -hmm. my brother and I Mm -hmm. for five years before we ever hired the first employee. Mm -hmm. But it was um, learning where their pain points were Mm -hmm. and then deciding how we could solve those pain points. And then how do you scale that? Mm -hmm. So when you're sitting down with someone one-on-one, you're going to solve that for one person. Mm -hmm. Um, You can do a seminar and have a bunch of people come Mm -hmm. and you can maybe solve that for a group of people. And then as you grow and and expand digitally, now, you know, we do webinars and hundreds of people Mm -hmm. attend them at a time and get the education that they need. And I also think something else that we've done that has been helpful is we open the information to everyone. So Mm -hmm. even if someone is retiring and they have TRICARE. They're mm-hmm. never going to need to buy a supplement from us. Mm-hmm. We welcome them anyway to right. our webinars and our mm-hmm. education portals because we know that uh, if they have a good experience, they're likely to tell their friends. Mm-hmm. And so you have to think about all the different ways that you can reach people. And then sometimes it really does take deciding which route you're going to go because mm-hmm. I also know a number of agents who are very successful and they still run appointments. So right. they're driving mm-hmm. out to zip codes and they're mm-hmm. knocking on doors and they've got a list of people that are turning 65 and they're meeting Mm -hmm. with them one-on-one and they run successful businesses Mm -hmm. that they're quite happy with that way. 
So you have a lot of different choices and you just have to decide the route that's going to go in the direction that Mm -hmm. you feel most comfortable with. Right. Yeah. It was funny. I joked a little bit ago about your youth. Do you (laughs) find that that is a positive or a negative in dealing with senior citizens? Yeah. uh, Really good question because I can remember the first... uh, carrier meeting that we went to. We mm-hmm. went up, my brother and I went up to check in and this has been 12 or 13 years ago now. And the gentleman from the insurance company checking me in, the first thing he said was, my goodness, you're so young. And I was <laughs> yeah, like, well, that's you. always a nice thing to hear, you know. <laughs> um, and we were, we were the youngest people in the room. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think in the beginning, maybe there there was a little bit of hesitation sometimes mm-hmm. for people. And we just overcame that with sheer knowledge, right. you know, able to answer the questions. Mm -hmm. I can remember having conversations one-on-one with people where someone would say to me, you sound awfully young. And I would say, Mm -hmm. that's maybe true, but Mm -hmm. if let's just try this conversation. And if if a question comes up that I can't answer Mm -hmm. for you, I will find you an agent that is 65 that you Mm -hmm. can speak with. And so we give them that guarantee that Mm -hmm. if if we can't provide what you need, we'll help you find someone else. Mm -hmm. And so really we have not had any big problems with it. On my sales team, we've got folks that are very young. I've got an employee here. She's probably 23 or 24. And uh, I always tell her, I ask her when I see her in the hallway, are you old enough to work here? Because (laughs) she's so young. (laughs) Are you old enough to drink? A little. um, Mm -hmm. But we also have, you know, several employees that are on Medicare themselves. Mm -hmm. So a nice range of people. Mm -hmm. And I think um, that the clients, what they care most about is that you have the information Mm -hmm. and of course the licenses and appointments to do the business. Mm -hmm. So um, we provide them with our license numbers to make sure that they're able to check on the Department Mm -hmm. of Insurance website that they can find us. And it really hasn't been too difficult to overcome that little bit of an age gap. Mm -hmm. Well, and I'm guessing that for many, they know that it's a benefit that you are so so tech savvy yeah. again. You we'll here too. Yeah, you know? yeah. You know, They've got a question in ten years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So you know, you mentioned something at the start when we were talking about when you started your business, and and you said you know that you bootstrapped it, and I think that's something that so many business people you know we're getting ready to start our business, whether it's full time or a side hustle. And it's like, okay, do I have to have all the money to start with? Mm-hmm. Do I just try and wing it? You know, what, what do you think about that? Yeah. So I get this question a lot. Uh, we're fairly visible in the industry. And so a lot of times younger and newer agents mm-hmm. who are coming into the industry will send us questions. And I really try my best to be open-minded and help them and grow their business as mm-hmm. well. Because I can remember what it was like to be young and struggling to figure right. it all out. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I usually tell them is money is faster than time. Mm-hmm. If you have cash that you can put in, you're going to be able to grow your business more quickly. You're mm-hmm. going to be able to, you know, purchase some marketing. You can buy leads. There's mm-hmm. going to be things that you can do to grow more quickly. But if you don't have cash to rely on, there's no reason why you can't start your business right. because you can use your good old fashioned elbow grease mm-hmm. and you can go out there uh, in this industry working with baby boomers. You can buy mailers. You can send those out. You can do telemarketing to a Mm -hmm. certain extent for certain types of products Mm -hmm. or some that you can't. Um, And so if you don't have any cash to get started, you have to just go out there and figure out where can I put myself in places Mm -hmm. where I'm going to come across people who'd be interested in this product. And then the second piece of that is what can I do to be memorable to them? So Mm -hmm. is there something you can leave behind? Mm -hmm. Um, Are you, can you hand them a business card that takes them to a website where you have a free PDF that explains Mm -hmm. the four parts of Medicare? Um, There's lots of ways that you could approach that. We had intended to do group health insurance. So Mm -hmm. 
I was banging on doors of businesses and I started uh-huh, with right. smaller businesses. I thought, you know, if I go and approach a hundred person company, mm-hmm. you know, pie in the sky, lots of money, all mm-hmm. those people, I could have this really good account. But they, that company's probably been working with a broker they've been established with for years. Right. So and they're that, never going to switch. You're going to have a hard time getting in there. So target the small businesses where they uh, only been open a few years mm-hmm. and maybe they have, they may not even have started their health insurance mm-hmm. program yet and be the one that gets in front of them. Right. Um, so you can really go about it either way. I would mm-hmm. have loved to have more cash to invest, mm-hmm. but we were right. really good about when we did invest um, I had negotiated with my former employer a part-time job. So as I left uh-huh. that job, mm-hmm. instead of just leaping into mm-hmm. the unknown, uh, I continued handling a certain project for him that I'd handled for years. And, and that allowed me to have just enough money to pay my bills mm-hmm. and then also be able to, every time we would sell a policy, instead of taking that money out, we would mm-hmm. just leave it in there and we would invest right. that into mm-hmm or marketing. Mm -hmm. Um, So if you have an opportunity to do that, you either start as a side hustle Mm -hmm. so that you have your day job that's paying the bills for you, Mm -hmm. or find out if you can figure out a part-time way that you can earn income so that you have some time to devote to your business. And that's going to allow you to approach it from either angle. You're either going to have your salaried money to invest Mm -hmm. into your side business, or you're going to put in the time on the evenings and the weekends. And uh, I think we're living proof that you can go either drought Mm -hmm. and then be very successful at it. Right. You know, and, and there are some things, and we've talked about this on other programs, you know, that, that <coughs> excuse me, that you need to do, you know, set yourself up as a real business, incorporate. Yes, um, yes for sure. You know, different states that, that are better for doing some of that, or you can, you know, incorporate in your own state, you know, all these various things. Um, you know, take the legal steps to make sure that whatever it is you're doing, even if you're just, you know, selling things on, you know, crafts on Etsy, you never know when somebody might go, wait a minute, and this, you know, this, this had something wrong with it, had lead paint, my kid got sick, you know, all these yeah. various things. You need to make sure that you've covered yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and obviously with insurance, there are um, the, the licenses that you have to get. And, for, you know, that's, that's a coursework, you know, that we're talking about here. Yes. Um, and, you know, some other things, but, you know, it's, it is something that, you know, you need to be doing. Because it, I, it was funny, I was doing another program earlier today and we talked about the fact that if you're not taking yourself seriously as a business, nobody else will take you seriously as a business. Yeah. And, you know, I remember I was told some really funny, now granted, I started my business over 20 years ago. And so one of the things that she told me was, you know, I, I met with several different business people and, and I remember one of the things she told me, and you're going to die at this, was to get one of the postage meters so that I had the indentia as ah. opposed to putting stamps on stuff. Okay. Because she said it looked more Power like it was perception. a real business if yes. I had the postage machine. Now it was like, it was cheap. It was like nine bucks a month to rent it from the post office. Then you clearly had to pay for your postage. But, yeah. you know, and I did that make a difference? I don't know. You know, but <laughs> it was, it really was one of those funny things that, you know, it, but, you know, when you look at something now, it's got a stamp. It's like a stamp. It's got a stamp on it. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and things like, uh, um, you know, she said, you know, get business cards. And this was mm-hmm. when you, and you can probably still buy them, the little Avery things that you can print on your printer and then you tear them apart. So then you've got the little fuzzy edges from where you've torn them apart. You can get business cards for under 10 bucks. You can get 500 of them from a yes. variety of places. And um, they can look very nice. Yeah. Oh, and my favorites are the people who hand me a business card and 
it's from their prior employer and they've crossed stuff out. No, no, <laughs> never, never do that. No, no. Um, you know, again, if you want to be taken seriously as a business, you have to take yourself seriously as that that business owner. Um, yeah. You know, and 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 really, you know, and I think what happens is people don't understand that there are so many inexpensive things. You know, when I tell people, you can buy business cards for nine dollars and ninety-five cents or whatever it is, and you, and you get five hundred of them, and they're good quality cards. Mm-hmm. And, they're, they're, you know, dumbfounded. Um, you know, <coughs> you can rent equipment anymore. Um, you can go to various places <coughs> like Office Max, Office Depot, all those various places um, and have a remote office so that you're there. And, and so it's just things to think about. Yeah, it actually reminds me, we did a virtual office in the very beginning Mm -hmm. uh, where, uh, so it would appear that there's a receptionist up front, Mm -hmm. they answer your phone and send it back to you. And, you know, it was a great way for us to have an excellent face on the business. Mm -hmm. And another thing, too, that I always tell younger insurance agents when they're coming into the business is, don't be the insurance lady at gmail.com. This is not professional. Mm -hmm. It's so inexpensive to get a domain name. And if you don't know what you're doing, you can mm-hmm. go right online to a place like Upwork or Codable right. and you can find a programmer mm-hmm. who you can pay on a contract basis. Mm-hmm. It's not very expensive who can establish your domain name for you, right. set up a super simple website mm-hmm. and then connect an email account to mm-hmm. that, which then you put into your Outlook or wherever. Mm-hmm. But right. having a professional domain name really sets you apart and it, mm-hmm. and it makes it makes you look like a real business person instead of somebody that's working out of their home office or their garage and you don't have quite the legitimacy Mm -hmm. and the credibility that you would if you've got a domain name um, that you've set up for your business. Mm -hmm. And so those, those few little things of in the beginning, establishing yourself in the right way will really go a long way to, to um, building your authority with the people that you seek to do business with. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, and, and don't have it tied to something else. You know, it used to be that, that you had it tied to WordPress you know, yeah. and, and all these various things. It really is so inexpensive to have your site totally separate, um, you know, and, and, and again, it's the professional thing. And maybe it's only one or two pages, you know, a little bit about you and then a contact page yeah. because people are doing their research. And depending on what they're buying from you, if you don't have that presence, then you're not a legitimate business to them. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and especially in an area, you know, like, like you are where people are really developing long-term relationships. Mm-hmm. I want to know that five years from now, 10 years from now, you and or, you know, at least your company will still be there to help me. Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm just buying something once, eh, I might not really care. But the more you want to deal with people long-term, the more you have to, to really show up that you are that long-term business. Yes. Yep. They, they want to know the experience level. Mm-hmm. And like you said, when you set up a website, you have just a couple pages on there. Mm-hmm. If you don't have a lot of experience that you can list right up front, then do a few things that will give you something to put on there. Right. Um, speak volunteer. with a clients and <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, volunteer, do some visits, sell an insurance policy to a friend and then have them give you a testimonial on your website. Mm-hmm. Um, you can sign up. One of the things that I did early on was um, I signed up with the local association for mm-hmm. insurance agents. Right. And I immediately asked the president, do you have any openings on the board that you're mm-hmm. looking to fill? Because yep. those people are always trying to find members that can help fill board right. positions. Mm-hmm. 
And so right away, you know, I stepped into a board role, even though I was a brand new insurance mm -hmm. agent and barely learning what to do. Mm -hmm. And that positioned me to be able to list on my website that I was a member of the National right. Association. Mm -hmm. And it also uh, connected me with all these people that mm -hmm. were already successful doing what I wanted to do. Right. So um, those little things, they can really add up mm -hmm. in terms of uh, making your business mm -hmm. established and, and making people have that trust, that really important right. trust factor. Well, and think about where you want to meet those people. You know, you, you mentioned industry groups. There's also business groups, chambers, yeah. or it could be a, a different organization, nonprofit, um, where you know you're going to meet people. You know, I, I didn't have the chance to share before we started. I'm from the University of Colorado. You know, okay. Go Buffs. Yay. Um, <laughs> and, uh, but years ago, I joined the, the board of the Denver Buff Club. Okay. And that was the booster group in, in Denver itself, even though, and the university is, is in Boulder. So it, it had a different group, suburbs, you know, basically. But, um, and so, but I took one look at who those people were on that board and I went, I yeah. need to meet those people. Now, the funny thing, I was the only female. Oh, and because I mean, you, yeah, I mean, it, it was the good old boy. I mean, you know, it was primarily football and it was so funny. I ended up running it. I was in, in the president of the Denver Buff Club and, you know, I was the only <laughs> female that ever held that position and they've since restructured. So they don't have the, the Buff Clubs like this anymore. Okay. But I these little old men come tottering up to me, you know, little old men, little old men. And they yeah. look at me because I was usually taller and they say, honey, do you know football? And I'd say, yes. <laughs> but it was a place for me to meet the people I needed to meet. Sure. And whether that's, you know, a group like that. And alumni groups are, are great organizations. Um, you know, it's, yes. it's a great place to be able to volunteer for. Obviously, church groups, you know, places like that, or just true nonprofits where your passion might be. It's a great mm -hmm. place to be getting experience and be making connections, especially when you're just starting out. Yeah, you never know where those might lead. You know, right. you can meet someone that has can introduce mm -hmm. you to someone else mm -hmm. that you want to know. Um, that six degrees of separation kind of thing. So you got to put yourself out there in a lot of places, and sometimes you have to overcome some of your own hangups. You know, right. I've always been an introvert. I, mm -hmm. I'm the kid at the family reunions. You could find me on the picnic blanket reading a book. You know, uh -huh. I was never the the social bee. But for this business, it was necessary. <laughs> <right>. yeah, <laughs> exactly. You got to put yourself out there, and. Uh, and that's exactly what I did, and and it really um, it boosted my own confidence and my in my ability to be a successful player in this industry, mm -hmm. and it taught me some of the things that I would later need to be able to sit in front of a six hundred person audience on a webinar. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you overcome some of that fear mm -hmm. of starting off small, right. and uh, it can take you a long way. Mm -hmm. right. Now, I'm guessing that one of the other things that you may have had to overcome is the this is the way it's always been done. Mm -hmm. You know, whether it's your age, your sex, you know, yeah. uh, all of these various things. And oh, technology is probably a very good example of that. You know, we talked about the fact that there are many insurance agents who still go and meet with people. Yes. Um, you know, and, and, you know, clearly they're very successful at that. But, you know, there is, and, you know, or we've had bosses. I always love the bosses. You have to do it this way because it's yeah. always <laughs> fun. Um, how do you get past you know, that, that, but this is the way it's always been done philosophy. Yeah. Um, I think for us in the beginning, it was sort of, okay, this is the way that everyone's doing it. 
let's try that and see mm -hmm. what we think. And, you know, we immediately could see that it was a very time intensive. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes you might drive to someone's home and they forgot the appointment and they're not right. there. Um, or you can only produce hours. Yeah, you could be there with someone that's a real talker mm -hmm. or, you know, you just never know. And so you might spend a whole day and only make one or two sales. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you're making phone calls here in the office and you can somehow learn how to do this online or mm -hmm. via email or by phone, you can help so many more people. And sometimes you have to twist it around in your thinking that way about it's not that you're trying to make so many more sales, but you're also helping. Right. You know, how, who can I help today and how can mm -hmm. I make that help the most efficient possible way? Mm -hmm. um, and so there definitely were, a, a, I can think of several people, uh, people that I still know in the industry today that absolutely thought that this would just never fly. Mm -hmm. And okay, well, my, my thinking on it was, okay, well, I'm going to try this. And, it, and if he's right, okay, yeah, well, then I'll go back I and sell appointments across the kitchen mm -hmm. table. It's, mm -hmm. it's not going to be something that's going to be so expensive or time consuming that if it flops, right. you have to be willing to uh, fail. And mm -hmm. if you try something and it fails, then you learn from it. For right. example, mm -hmm. um, we have tried all sorts of marketing here. Mm -hmm. And so uh, we tried direct mail marketing and mm -hmm. I know for sure that all of our clients are always telling us how much mail they get and you know I really didn't think it was going to work because that was I thought there's so much mail out right. there but on the other hand mm -hmm. these big insurance companies must see the payoff somehow if they wouldn't keep sending the mailers if they didn't work mm -hmm. and so we did that and we had a few leads out of it and it was nowhere near the kind of return that we get from getting leads on our own website mm -hmm. or on the internet and it was a you know, it was money that I spent to fail and learn that, okay, this right. is really isn't, I didn't think mm -hmm. it was going to work and it didn't. Mm -hmm. And so now I can spend my time and energy on the things that I think mm -hmm. will work. Right. So you've got to have a little bit of intuition, intuition and uh, be able to trust your own gut feel. Mm -hmm. But also if you try something and it was your gut feel and it just didn't work, you've got to be a big enough person to admit that and then right. say, okay. Even if you dumped money problem? into it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. You know, so give it a reasonable try. And then if that doesn't work, you try something else. Mm -hmm. And uh, every business owner knows that you're going to try some things that don't work. And sometimes they do cost you some money. Um, and that's okay, because when you hit upon the thing that does work, it's going to be consistent. And eventually, right. you'll find the thing that is your thing. Mm -hmm. um, and when that's your thing, and it works for you, you just continue to scale that. Right. So and if somebody other guy wants to go and still run appointments, today, drive to Abilene and hold four appointments and then spend two hours in the car on the way back. More power to him. Right. It's not no, they're be listening to, you know, audible yep. books and yeah. 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 <laughs> and they may love doing business that way. And that's great. And in fact, uh, I have had over the years, occasionally we do run across someone who just absolutely wants to work with someone mm -hmm. local. And when we find someone like that, I go out of my way to try to help them. So if mm -hmm. I've got a lady in Maryland and she just refuses to do business with us by mm -hmm. phone, right. you know, what I'll normally say is, I'll tell you what, speak with one of my agents, let me give it a try by phone. Mm -hmm. and, and if we try this and at the end of the conversation, hey. you don't understand, mm -hmm. then mm -hmm. I will find you a local mm -hmm. agent. And 99% of the time, they, we absolutely sell them by mm -hmm. phone and they're very comfortable. But that 1%, when you run into someone and they just want to work with someone local, right. mm -hmm. um, I set up Goodwill by, I go online and I find them a local broker. Mm -hmm. um, and that person, they're going to remember that you did right. that, that you cared enough to try. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, just do what you can to be mm -hmm. helpful. And never, not all the time is it going to always result in a sale. Um, but what comes around goes around when you're putting out sort of that good karma like that. Right. Yeah, I tell people it's it's a win-win. You know, I've I've had people before that have said, "You have given away business." <laughs> well, for whatever reason, it wasn't a good fit. 
Yes. You know, it doesn't mean there's anything at all wrong with that client. Just wasn't a good fit. Maybe it's a conflict. Maybe yeah. I thought, yeah, just not going to work together well with them. You know, whatever it is. But that when when you're right, when you find someone else who can match their needs, you made everybody happy. Yeah. You know, and and I think that's the especially when we're just starting out in business, we don't ever want to turn business away. But, you know, when you have those pain clients, right, we've always had the pain clients Mm -hmm. that are so much, you know, oh, you just, you see caller ID and you're like, no, or you don't open their emails, you know, whatever it is, you're not doing them a service. Yeah. Because you're certainly not giving them a hundred percent. You're giving them negative, you know, and, and so by giving them to someone else and, and getting a good match for them it's just so much better off. Um, it is. And, and you may never hear from that person again, right. but they're going to think fondly of you mm-hmm. that you were nice enough to mm-hmm. help them out. We don't yep. do business in New York. And mm-hmm. so um, we have clients all the time that attend our webinars mm-hmm. or find us online and they'll send an email and say, why don't you do business here? Mm-hmm. And uh, I tell them, uh, hey, don't worry. I've got these mm-hmm. two other agents right. that I know really well mm-hmm. that do business in your state. They're going to take great care of you. Mm-hmm. Um, the agents appreciate it when we refer that business and the person's happy that we refer them to someone right. that we know. Yeah, you didn't just say, sorry, I can't work with you. Yeah, you know, we could have just said we don't know anybody, but we've gone out of our way to develop relationships with with people that we think will do as good a job as we would. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's a win-win for everybody. Mm -hmm. Right. And and again, that is, I think, hard for a small business owner because we are thinking money's walking out the door. Yeah. it is, but it's allowing us to focus on the, the people that are the good fit. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it also means that there are times where we're going to fire clients. Yes. Um, you know, and, and, or never even, you know, hopefully you never work with them to start with, but things change. I mean, you know, and, yeah. and it doesn't matter. You know, like, you know, especially in your business, you know, it might have been that say you were working well with one spouse that spouse dies and mm-hmm. then you're working with the other spouse and it's just not a good fit Yeah, or, you know, things like that. So things change. And again, if you're able to help them, everybody remembers. Yes, that's right. And it doesn't really take that much time to do it. You know, it, it takes you a few minutes mm-hmm. putting together. I mean, can make a few phone calls or do a little research online and find somebody good. And uh, that, that's just goodwill. Mm-hmm. And I really think it's important. Right. You know, and one of the things that I always tell people is you have to go with your gut. You know, if if there's something in there going, then it's not going to get better. You know, I think I've shared this story before years ago, and this was when I was still in Colorado, had a gentleman come to us, wanted a business proposal to do website, marketing, you know, all sorts of stuff for him. And, and they're a nice man. But there was something there. Couldn't put my finger on it. And that was what was funny. I could not put my finger on. There was just something that I thought, it's not quite right. So I went ahead, you know, and and did the hours. I mean, that's the the problem with sometimes what we do is, I mean, we can put hours and hours into a proposal where, you know, depending on what they need, we might even be doing some mock-ups of um, some various things. Gave it to him. And then he responds, you know, several days later. And he said, you know, didn't really like your proposal. I went, <laughs> okay, whatever. And, and, you know, and it was probably because I had sensed in there that, you know, this, and so yeah. I, I probably hadn't given it my hundred percent. But then he says, but I really like a proposal I got from somebody else. So I want you to implement it. Hmm. And of course, every warning bell I had went <laughs> off. Okay. And 
you know, and, and, and so, you know, what he does is he sends me their proposal where he'd redacted their name out except one spot. And of course it was somebody that I knew and somebody that I knew very well. Uh, and I, if, you know, first of all, I told him, I said, this is really unethical. I said, it is their work, their proposal. No, I'm not going to implement it. Yeah. Which got, you know, lots of fun words from him. Mm-hmm. And, and then I told them, you need to not work with this guy because here's what he did. Yeah. And, you know, and, and should I have tattled? You know, I didn't, like I said, I knew them and Mm -hmm. I didn't want them working with him. And I'm hoping that he learned his lesson. You know, it's it's funny, his business, I don't think it ever really got off the ground because every once in a while, just out of curiosity, you know, you look at those things. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, my, my first instinct was, nah, this isn't going to work. Yeah. And like I said, you know, there wasn't anything I could pick because he was nice. He was, you know, he was, he was a gentleman. He was one of those, he opened the doors, you know, all Mm -hmm. these various things. But there was just something there. Um, yeah, and you'll learn to listen to that little mm-hmm. voice yep. lo- the longer so you're goes, you, you will there. know. In the beginning, you want to do it all. Like I can remember early on someone saying, do you sell disability insurance? Yep, I sure do. And then mm-hmm. I would go learn that product and try yep. to, you know, just mm-hmm. trying to make any sale. Mm-hmm. And looking back on that, I laugh at it because I would never do something like that now. Right. I would refer it mm-hmm. out in a heartbeat. Um, but sometimes you will run across clients that are not a good fit mm-hmm. for you. And it's really great when you reach that place in your business that you can be secure enough to say, mm-hmm. I don't need that business yeah. that much. I mean, sometimes we do have to take those people. Yeah. Sometimes mm-hmm. you do. Cause you need mm-hmm. to make the ends meet in the beginning, mm-hmm. but there comes a time in your business where you may not have to anymore. And then you've got to come mm-hmm. up with a tactful way to, you know, usher them on to the next right. person. Mm-hmm. But just remember that you're, you know, it's your time. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to take on a mm-hmm. client that right. either doesn't appreciate you or might be verbally abusive to you or that demands things that, that aren't okay. I mean, we do have that occasionally happen here. Someone will say, well, I want you to spreadsheet all of this out. Well, mm-hmm. we just, we don't do that. So mm-hmm. if you want that, you're going to need to find another agent. Mm-hmm. Um, and you tell them that as nicely as possible. Right. Um, and, you know, you're only going to run into those occasionally. But if you right. have someone in that little voice in the back of your head is telling you something about not mm-hmm. taking this business or you think that this mm-hmm. person might end up being a pain in your rear or that they may be unethical, which is really mm-hmm. the worst case scenario, like the one that you mentioned, mm-hmm. you don't want to have any part of that. So it's okay to walk away. Well, and sometimes it means that you need to fine tune your marketing. Yeah. You know, and, and because it might be, say you, you determine that, you know, example might be you, you might Mm -hmm. determine that your best clients are widows between 63 and 65. You know, there's obviously nothing wrong with anybody who doesn't fit that category. Yeah. But that's where you have your your sweet spot. So it's where you might have your knowledge. Now, you know, I'm, I'm just making this up for anybody who's listening. But, you know, and so you focused your knowledge on it. And it's kind of like when you said, you know, you sold disability. You weren't as knowledgeable about it. Mm-hmm. So it would be like somebody coming to me and wanting me to do something that I, sure, I could probably figure out how to do it. But would it be the best use of everybody's time? No, probably not. Definitely not. So then yeah. in my marketing, I need to make clear, maybe I don't say we don't do this, maybe, maybe not, but we need to make it clear, here, is, here are the products and services that we offer. Yes. Yeah. And you can fine tune that and it'll do a lot of the work for you in terms of just weeding those clients out mm-hmm. to begin with. Right. Well, now speaking of marketing, I said a number in your intro that everybody's eyes just went, no, 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 including mine. <laughs> You have 170,000 yeah. 170, social media followers. Yes. That's a heck of a number, especially for a demographic that 
is a little bit less tech savvy. I mean, you know, they're, they're not really the Facebook people, all of those things. So let's talk about how you've really been successful with that. Yeah, it's been crazy trying to figure all that out. Um, we first started looking into Facebook and social media around March of 2016. Mm-hmm. And at that time, I was handling all my own marketing here, and I've got a, a team now. But at mm-hmm. that time, it was just me. And um, the thing that I noticed whenever looking at marketing, I spent a considerable amount of time studying what everyone else does. Mm-hmm. And I noticed all sorts of businesses that we putting post and post and post out every day and not a single like or comment or share. Nobody's mm-hmm. engaging in any of that. Right. And so then you can look at it and it's easy to see a pattern where, you know, let's just take an example of your auto insurance agent. Mm-hmm. You might like them on Facebook and follow them because they're your agent, you know, right. but does you that mean that sure. every day of your life <laughs> you want to see a car auto ad, a, an ad for your auto insurance? Mm-hmm. No, of course not. Right. So you have to remember that with social media, people are there to be social. They're there Mm -hmm. logging on to whatever platform, Instagram, Mm -hmm. Facebook. Um, They're there for a reason to see what's going on in their friends' lives and scroll through and get a little bit of Mm -hmm. news. And we're very lucky that we get to advertise on a platform like that because the targeting is so great. and You can really narrow in on Mm -hmm. your niche market. But you want to remember that for every post that you put out that is about your business, you want to be putting out two to three other posts that are um, not have anything to do with that. So think about your demographic and what is something that that would, that would be funny to them? What is something that would be interesting to them mm-hmm. that has nothing to do with the product that you sell? And then put out content that is engaging and fun. And that way they aren't going to be likely to just unfollow you because right. you put out 17 auto. Mm-hmm. auto insurance ads a week. Mm-hmm. Um, that is really the key to it. It's not that difficult. You just have to remember the perspective of the viewer. And I look at myself and I think about the types of things that I look for on social mm-hmm. media. And I'm always amazed at, at how other companies can dial in so quickly to what I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you go online, and I'm sure this has happened to you before, but you go online looking for something. And then that same day later on, you're on Facebook. and Oh, I know. I'm like, uh-uh, uh, no, Big Brother. Crazy. No. <laughs> Yeah, it is Big Brother. Like, they know what's going on. And it's super ingenious, the fact that they can do that. Um, But look at the types of ads that you're getting in your own social media. Mm -hmm. Which ones do you appreciate? Which ones that you don't? And then think about that from your client's perspective and just, you know, do the same thing. What type of things are they going to find interesting and what things aren't? Uh, aren't going to be so interesting to them. And you don't want to just pound them over and over again with sales, sales, sales. Mm -hmm. You also have to recognize the platform. So if you're putting out content, say for YouTube, YouTube is a search engine. People are typing in questions and they want to watch a video answer. Mm -hmm. So that's what the type of content you've got to put out. Answer a question or make a video on a topic that answers Mm -hmm. a common question or some sort of question that, you know, might have a few different answers and then put that together. Um, You have to put out the type of content that's working for that particular medium. Um, But the main thing is just not to hit them over and over again with sales ads because that's not what they're there for. They're there to either learn or Mm -hmm. uh, buffer their time with Mm -hmm. uh, enjoyable content from their Mm -hmm. friends and family. Right. You know, and and you hit on that because so many times, you know, when, when people are talking to me about their social media, they say, we don't know what to post. We don't have anything to post. And it's because they are thinking that they have to be posting only about what they do. Yes. You know, and, and yeah, never any, you know, general, and I mean, they could even be providing something else. Like for you, I'm, I'm assuming you, you do posts on new Medicare benefits, mm-hmm. um, you know, so they're, they're informational, but then, you know, if you put a 
cat video in every once in a while, that's okay too. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. And I think so many people tend to think, oh no, no, we're in this box. We must keep our posts in this box. We can't be funny. We can't be silly. You know, and I tell them that's, that's can't be further from the truth. And you can also be posting. I tell people post about your community. You know, is there a new business that's opening up? Is there yeah. you know, a art festival this weekend? All Absolutely. Various things. And you know, you'll find that you get is enough that you're posting very often. And, it, and it's all about top of mind. Mm-hmm. You know, people are going, oh, okay, well, you know, I've seen this, I've seen that. Wait a minute. I keep seeing all these posts from Danielle. Mm. And she does insurance and our other stuff is really good. So maybe she's pretty good at insurance too. Maybe I better yeah. get that's right. You want to just have them engaging with a lot of the content that you put out there so that in their mind, they think of you as they're, they're going to be okay seeing your occasional mm-hmm. ad about Medicare supplements right. when most of the time you're posting stuff that they enjoy and mm-hmm. laugh at and like and comment and share. You know, so if you, if you get you to establish that goodwill in their mm-hmm. mind, then if they don't want to see the Medicare ad, they're going to let it slide by right. and they, they won't think about it. But then one of these times you're going to hit them on mm-hmm. just the right day that they had a question. Right. Or that their friend asks them, mm-hmm. you know, what? How do you sign up for Medicare? Or and they'll remember you, and they're going to mm-hmm. talk about you, or they're going to share your information. And so you just don't want to be that person that's annoying, putting an ad in mm-hmm. front of them all the time. That's the biggest mistake that I think most marketers make. Right. You know, and and you look at those who successfully use social media, the businesses that do, and it typically are the ones that have humor. Yes. It, it really doesn't depend. I mean, like there's there's uh, a, a funeral home. <laughs> Let's just be that, that this would I be a hard one to do Facebook and, on, yes. Now that's that gets a little tricky with you know what are you gonna post there? And so they post obviously they post about services that they, they have, but they also post a lot about the community. You know, here's what's going on, here are things in the community. Smart. And, you know, they, they do have some funny stuff that they put. Now they have to be very careful. I mean, yes, know, I'm sure. And there are, you know, anytime you're telling jokes online, you have to make sure and you know, let's be honest, you're still there's still somebody that's probably gonna go, Really? That's what okay. <laughs> you know, um, but but it's okay to to do things like that and do, you know, other things. You know, as as we are doing this, as we're we're taping this tonight is the last of final four. You know, so, you know, maybe you build that into something, you know, maybe if you're sure. in Michigan state is Michigan state. Who's in Michigan state and Virginia, right? Virginia. And is it tech? Oh, it is. It's Texas. Oh, tech. See, silly me. You should know. Yeah. Um, that's, you know, even though you didn't go to Texas. I've got an employee that's a graduate and I thought I saw her post something about this morning. Uh huh. Yeah. I mean, you know, you can be posting things like that and and again, it's just to kind of keep you in the news feeds. Sure, so much that's there. Yeah, and you can you can comment on that and say not a word about your business. Just mm-hmm. put out something fun. Right. Um, and that also um, on the social media short videos about just your own life mm-hmm. really do well. Right. I could walk out on the floor with my. Mm-hmm with my iPhone and say, this is how we do customer service here mm-hmm. in our business. Yeah. Or, you know, you tape it for a minute and say, mm-hmm. just thought I'd show you the back end. Mm-hmm. Uh, little videos like that, mm-hmm. uh, that they were actually showing a part of your work day or part of your personality. Mm-hmm. They go over really well when you keep mm-hmm. them short. Right. Um, people are like, hey, that's a real person. Wow. Mm-hmm. You know, it, every time she comes on, she's not just talking about I've Medicare, talked to her, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they tend to think of you mm-hmm. as a friend. They end up mm-hmm. seeing, right. welcoming your face. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be that time where you offer the right information at the right time and then they're going to bite. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you've got to just be putting out content um, before that that doesn't annoy them to the ends of the earth. 
Well, and the content that you use, you know, you're selling, right? Every one of us is selling, whether we like to be selling or not. And people are asking us questions about it. If one person has a question about it, other people have a question about it. Someone else does. They sure do. You know, and and so sit down and do, you know, a question of the week, not a question of the day, you know, maybe maybe a question of the day, depending, you know, and again, it depends on your medium. You know, if you're doing a 30 second video every day, that's okay. You know, you could probably do something like that and be very industry specific. But, you know, a long blog post, eh, once a month, maybe. You know, who yes, knows? definitely. And can you put out too much content? That mm-hmm. doesn't go over very well either. Right. Well, good golly, Danielle. We are already almost at the top of the hour. And this has been so much fun. And we didn't even really talk too much about Boomer Benefits. So tell us a little <laughs> bit more about exactly what it is that you guys do. Sure. So we are a licensed insurance agency that helps people select Medicare supplement or drug coverage uh, to go alongside their Medicare to fill in the gaps. Mm -hmm. So um, the people that we work with are mostly baby boomers who are getting ready to enter Medicare and are having to learn all the ropes of everything Medicare and do a lot of education on that. You can find us online at boomerbenefits.com and on just about any social media. If you type in Boomer Benefits, we'll have a a channel or an account of some kind. And so you can follow us wherever you are. Great. Well, how would they connect with you personally if they wanted to get in touch? Sure. Um, I have also a personal website that is daniellekroberts.com. So that's a great way to reach out to me. I blog there on a lot of things like personal finance and retirement. Mm -hmm. And you can message me there. Also, anyone that comes to our Facebook page, uh, you can message and we answer questions about Medicare all day long on there. And a lot of times that's me. So I've got that open every day. And as questions pop in, Mm -hmm. myself and my team are answering them. So if you want to send something personal, that's another great way to reach me. Great. I love it. Well, do you have any final words that you would like to share with our viewers and our listeners? I remember what it's like to be starting a business um, or, you know, running a business in the early days. And I think that it's easy sometimes to get drugged down in all of those details and, and a little bit overwhelmed when it comes to marketing and building a business. And you just want to always keep the end goal in mind, which is that you want to provide a product or a service that makes life easier for someone else. And if you do that and you do it well, your business is going to grow no matter if you've got five hours to put behind it or you've got 40 hours to put behind it. So never be afraid to start something, um, even if it's something you're going to start part-time because you just never know when it might turn into a great big business that you do in 47 states. I love it. I love it. (laughs) Well, with that, we are going to end. I am Deb Creer. I've been having a delightful time talking with Danielle Roberts. And at some point, not not now, years, 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 I, you know, <laughs> now years. I have a friend in the insurance business. <laughs> <laughs> you do. So I'm sure we'll be in touch, but it'll be a long time from now. Um, so I am Deb Creer talking with Danielle Roberts. And until next time, everyone have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us next time for more real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. You've been listening to C-Suite Radio. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.